Hey, this is Todd Herman, host of The Todd Herman Show. They call me the Emerald City Exile. Well, it turns out that the FBI has a backdoor access, a website they can log into and flag your post to be taken down, flag your account to be limited in reach. Check out The Todd Herman Show every day on Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts. I like knowing exactly where my tasty, delicious meat comes from. And with Moink, that place is small family farms all across America. From farm direct to your dining table, Moink gives you access to the freshest, sustainably sourced meat and fish. Moink is dedicated to helping save rural America. Join the Moink movement today. The Moink difference is one that you can taste and feel good knowing that you're helping family farms stay financially independent. Moink delivers grass-fed and grass-finished beef and lamb, pastured pork and chicken, and sustainable wild-caught Alaskan salmon straight to your door. Shark Tank host Kevin O'Leary called Moink's bacon the best bacon he's ever tasted, and Ring Doorbell founder Jamie Siminoff jumped at the chance to invest in Moink. Keep America farming by signing up at moinkbox.com slash Dana right now and get free filet mignon for a year. That's one year of the best filet mignon you'll ever taste. Spelled M-O-I-N-K box.com slash Dana. That's moinkbox.com slash Dana is trying to succeed where they failed in 2020 to suppress the right of voters and subvert the electoral system itself. That means denying your right to vote and deciding whether your vote even counts. Instead of waiting until an election is over, they're starting well before it. They're starting now. They've emboldened violence and intimidation of voters and election officials. It's estimated that there are more than 300 election deniers on the ballot all across America this year. At some Look, even as I speak here tonight, 27 million people have already cast their ballot in the midterm elections. Millions more will cast their ballots in the final days leading up to November the 9th. Eighth, excuse me. Does he know when the election is? Just kind of need to ask some questions. Does Biden even know when the election is taking place? I think Democrats can vote on the Dude, night if they want. This this speech was so damn ridiculous. It was, um, you know, how he had the red wedding for Game of Thrones. This was like the kind of some somewhat similar to that. It was sort of the uh, it's the red speech part two. Is what it was. Red speech part two. Welcome to the show. Who boy. I, we got a lot to break down because that I told you it was going to be incredibly divisive and insane. And I told you, know, I told you all this stuff. I said it was going to be he wasn't going to talk about any anything of importance, any kind of policy, anything like that. He was going to specifically be trying to campaign and trying to save Republicans going into or Democrats going into these in these midterms. Because he's supposed to be, I was looking at a couple of different things here. He he was going to some of the some states. You have uh, some of the some of the weird. He's go, the way that I think that they have him going out and campaigning is he's going to areas that he won, areas where maybe he can kind of make a difference to get out the vote for Republicans or Democrats. Excuse me, <laughs> and um, then but not it's not any skin off his back, so to speak. But this speech was ridiculous. The, one of the big takeaways that I got, and I didn't hear, I, the only, I only, and we'll play this audio, I only heard Ducey kind of pushing back on this because the way that it, it is presented is if you don't, if you don't 
vote Democrat, then the the d- democracy is going to fail, which is really insane. But here's they used and I told you that they were going to use the Paul Pelosi thing as the launch pad for claiming that half of the country is, you know, you're a bunch of violent terrorists. And the only way to make good on your violent terrorism is by voting Democrat. That's how you can absolve yourself of your violent adjacency. That's ultimately that's what he was pulling with us. I have some of the audio because I I want to pl- I want to play this. He 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 brought up J six. He did. I mean, there's I have so much stuff. So bear with us because we have fifty thousand four hundred and eleven Temple of Remager, uh cuts of audio. But you need to hear this stuff. It's very important for you to hear it. So first and foremost, uh, this is it right here. Audio soundbite, 5,100, please. Yeah. You know, American democracy is under attack because the defeated former president of the United States refuses to accept the results. Okay, I got to pause it immediately. I have to immediately pause it, immediately pause it. I'm not even going to be able to get through. Yeah, I know, I know. But can can we just talk about language just for like five seconds? Because what the defeated former president did he fight him in a war what does this mean why are we using this stupid dramatic language the defeated for it's like he was beaten in a battle shut up and first off he wasn't saying this stuff you were i have over 22 minutes of audio of all of these democrats that i put in your newsletter last night or actually this morning this morning or last night last night because i sent the post out last night i don't and all of them are denying the election. Okay, so let me, all right, let's restart it. I just had, I had to point out the dr- ridiculous dramatic language. Go ahead, I'm sorry, go ahead. Mm-hmm. If he refuses to accept the will of the people, he refuses to accept the fact that he lost. He has abused his power and put the loyalty to himself before loyalty to the Constitution. And he's made a big lie, an article of faith in the MAGA Republican Party. Oh, here we go. I hope you guys didn't do shots every time he said MAGA MAGA. Oh, man. Or democracy. Or democracy. Or what was the other one? Uh, there were like, it was democracy, MAGA MAGA, something said autocracy else. autocracy a couple times too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah, this, this was, this was, this was nuts. Uh, first off, when he's, I'm, I'm just, I'm, I'm amused and also stunned because democracy is not under attack. He acts like democracy is under attack if Democrats aren't leading in the polls. Look at all this. It's a poll about how democracy is under attack. Even just having to have an election to see if we people like us is an under, is attack on democracy. That's how these, that's how they operate. It's not what it is though. So he's, he's laying it out. He's trying to immediately plant the seed in people's minds that, they're going to lose on Tuesday, so you should immediately be suspicious because everybody knows that Democrats win every election, and the only time that Democrats never win is when there is a robbery. Like in 2016, how they went on and 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 on about how Trump was illegitimate. I mean, that's true. They, they absolutely, he said that himself. Oh, you know, somebody 21. Can I just just have this in my in my heart right now in my head? Go ahead. He's an illegitimate president in my mind. 
That's it. I, I think all the talk about impeachment and what the Democrats should do, that's fine. It's theoretical at this point. Let them investigate. Let them subpoena. Let them go to the Supreme Court. He's illegitimate. And my biggest fear is that he's going to do it again with the help of Vlad, his best pal, and we're going to be stuck for six more years with this guy. And that is terrifying. It's terrifying. Would you be my vice president for candidate? <laughs> why didn't he tell Folks, her? Folks, look, I absolutely agree. So why didn't he tell her she was undermining democracy? Why didn't he why didn't he tell her that? Oh, he agreed with her. And then he gave another interview where he said Trump was uh, Trump was illegitimate. And then then go back to uh, Gore v. Bush when he said that Al Gore was actually elected president. I have the screenshot and the link of the Yahoo piece on that and the AP piece. It was the Reuters piece. It was all the same, all the same stuff. So, yeah, it's he he just he and he needs. I mean, I could sit here and read you tweets from Corinne Jean Pierre. I have so much audio of Hillary Clinton and. Barack Obama and Bill Clinton and Chuck Schumer and Nancy Pelosi and uh, oh my gosh, who don't I have is the question, really. Every Democrat you can imagine, every single Democrat that you can ever possibly imagine, they all said, every single one of them, they denied the 2016 election. And so after four years of denying the election, you're going to turn around and be like, wait a minute, don't you sit here and question the validity of certain states that suspended their, their, their constitutionally agreed upon verification to uphold voter integrity. Don't you question that, you election deniers. Y'all can take a million seats. Not going to happen. So that's really ultimately what this is all about. He's insisting that not voting for Democrats is the threat to democracy. And he noticed that they never have a solution. Oh, there's a threat to democracy. They don't say it because their solution is always got to vote Democrat. There's a threat to democracy. So you got to vote Democrat. It's not. And so then they did. Oh, man, let me do this. Audio soundbite eight. This was using and this was one of the first this was part of the first uh, very early on in his speech like within the first couple of minutes listen to this all this happened after the assault and it just i it's hard to even say it's hard to even say after the assailant entered the home asking where's nancy where's nancy those are the very same words used by the mob when they stormed the united states capitol on January the 6th. And they also used words like windows. the and a and uh. And you know what? They also wore shoes. No. I mean, and you know what? You know what else? What else we found? That the J6 people breathed air. What? And this guy also breathes air. No. The same thing. And what's more, as if you all need more evidence... We have a suspicion that the J6 people drank water. And this guy drinks water. I mean, they're the same people. I wrote about this guy last night. I mean, I don't know about you, but every MAGA dude I know, every MAGA person I know is a nudist activist who lives in a bus with a Black Lives Matter and a gay pride flag hanging out the front. Every MAGA person, and, and they call themselves a Castro nudist because they're in the Castro district, that every, don't, I mean, isn't, that's right? That's true, because that's what, that's what Biden and everybody wants you to believe. They all have been insisting this. That's, that was the whole point of this speech. Yesterday, it came out, the Washington Post said, 
released the video it was mostly a way to extend the conspiracy theory. I just think that if you are going to go as president of the United States and deliver a primetime address and you're going to blame half of the country for Paul Pelosi and use that as a springboard to lecture voters and, and scare them into, look what happens when you vote, don't vote Democrat. Uh, you know, super like BLM, gay pride flag having Castro nudist activists go in and attack the Speaker of the House's husband. That's what happened. You did it by not voting Democrat. That's ultimately what he did. I mean, I don't know. I just think that maybe you should be as transparent as possible and collect as much information as possible before going out and all willy-nilly accusing people. I mean, that's just me. But Biden, because that's sound advice, Biden's going to do exactly the opposite, which he did. And so last night, it was his it, it was his do over of his uh, red speech, the red speech. It was red speech part two. He didn't say anything different than he said in that speech. He didn't. Did you learn anything about your country last night watching that garbage? Hell no, you did not. You didn't learn any. He just went out and was scaring people. I mean, democracy's under attack. I'm not actually going to give you any ways that it is, except people are not voting Democrat. He says. The GOP is going to set the nation on a path to chaos. And he mentioned Mega Mega. He said Mega Mega again. What was that? Mega Mega. Steve, you said something. What was it? I was giving you time me- cues for my job. Oh, no, you were. Gi- I thought you told me the audio because we have 5,000 oh. <laughs> cuts of audio. No, he said, I don't know how many. I know he said it several times. And then I had a friend who said I, I'm stopping the drinking game. And I'm like, I didn't even know there was one. Um, but. It's here it is. Audio sound by 10. This is when he was accused. Is this when he said Mega Mega again? He said it 5,000 times. It's trying to succeed where they failed in 2020 to suppress the right of voters and subvert the electoral system itself. Who's suppressing anyone's right? That means denying your right to vote and deciding whether your vote even counts. Instead of waiting until an election is over, they're starting well before it. They're starting now. They've emboldened violence and intimidation of voters and election officials. It's estimated that there are more than 300 election deniers on the ballot all across America. So election deniers. I mean, again, we went through how much, how many years of them denying it. Here's the whole point. He went out and he was trying, he's trying to save Democrats' chances and, and mitigate some of the losses. He's, he's trying to cast half of the country as being like this guy. And by the way, I looked at the charging documents. I looked at the affidavit, and I don't think a lot of people in the, in the media necessarily did. But I looked at all of this stuff last night. I looked at, here's the thing, um, police and I, there were a lot of bots and stands that of new, these newly created accounts and I busted some of them yesterday. I, I just hope that they realize how much I enjoy this. Uh, and they immediately, the moment that this became the thing, the moment that the Washington Post put this out and as it got closer to Joe Biden's speech, they immediately were out there trying to, trying to uh, defend this de-pape guy as being a right winger, except in the affidavit, there's nothing that actually supports that. And police actually told NBC, ABC, CBS, Reuters, AP, that his political postings 
were widely contradictory. We're going to talk more about this because I'm going way, way over. Dana Lash here for ARC Seeds. There's a growing sense of instability and uncertainty. Gas, housing, everyday items are way up. Uh, food prices have the nation reeling. The ability to grow your own healthy food is on almost everybody's mind. So this is why I want to tell you about ARC Seed Kits. You can visit ARC, A-R-K, ARCSeedKits.com and enter code Dana to receive 10% off. Now, ARC Seed Kits, it's a non-GMO seed company. It's family owned and they provide heirloom seeds for across the nation for over 13 years. They want to make sure every home in America has the ability to grow and harvest its own food. Now, these are the highest quality heirloom seeds. They arrive in a sustainable container offering long-term and short-term storage. And they also bring seed-saving knowledge and food preparedness to you and your community. You can get seeds for vegetables and herbs. They have 50,000 organically grown seeds in each kit. We're talking corn, watermelon, cucumbers, lettuce, beans, tomatoes, all kinds of stuff. Designed to grow new nutrient and calorie dense vegetables and fruits to sustain any home at any time. So, and they can be harvested and regrown year after year. You guys know how heirloom seeds work, right? Chaz Chop in Portland didn't. So visit Arc Seed Kits and enter Dana to get your 10% discount code and be on your way to food and economic security, helping you and your family and your community. It's a limited time offer. Visit arcseedkits.com, A-R-K, and order your seed kits and save 10% today. And now, all of the news you would probably miss. It's time for Dana's Quick Five, brought to you by Caltech. Guys, I got to apologize to you. I went really long last segment, so I'm shortchanging you right now. Oh, don't worry. I'll hear about it. Don't don't worry. Uh, your smartphone is 10 times dirtier than a toilet. This is why I people have emailed me about this. They have seen me out and about, like at events, at meet and greets and that, washing my phone off with Clorox wipes. I'm not even kidding. I do this religiously because it's nasty. Jake Tapper's primetime experiment is over. His ratings were really bad, so they pulled him from primetime. He's headed back to 4 p.m., so that's, I think, 3 p.m. Eastern. Uh, Also, one man ran out of Halloween candy and handed out what police are saying are marijuana gummies instead in South Chicago Heights. Jared Fell, his his last name is Felon, 25. He distributed an unknown number of bags filled with gummy bears. This smells like marijuana in South Chicago Heights, so he's in trouble. Stick with us. We got a heck of a lot more, folks. Up next. Rights, immigration, foreign policy, and marriage. Folks, these subjects are a big part of political dialogue today, and we talk about them often on my show. They're at the heart of so many campaigns this election. But what did our founding fathers say about these issues? We've moved so far from the founders' understanding of government that you'll be surprised by their answers. Right now, my favorite college, Hillsdale College, has the best way to learn about the founders' deep and wise insights into human nature. Join Hillsdale professors Thomas West and David Azarad as they explore the thoughts and ideas of America's founders in Hillsdale's newest free online course, The Real American Founding, A Conversation. So what are you waiting for? The midterm elections are right around the corner, and you need to understand the founders' thoughts about the pressing issues of their and our time. Visit DanaForHillsdale.com to watch the trailer video of The Real American Founding, A Conversation, and sign up for this new completely free online course. That's DanaForHillsdale.com. DanaForHillsdale.com. Listen to The Dana Show live on the Odyssey app, weekdays, noon to 3 p.m. Eastern Time. That white Republican suburban women 
are now going to vote Republican. Why? It's almost like roaches voting for raid, right? Oh, it's, my it's, goodness. That's so that's Sonny Hostin. How do you say her last name? Hostin. Hostin. Over at the VO. She's hostile, so I say Hostin. Yeah, there you go. That's that was just that was at the view. Welcome back to the program. Your lovable curmudgeon here, Dana Lash. Um, I just want to know where all the broads were that got really upset when I called out females who used uh, abortion as birth control specifically. And they tried to they were misrepresenting it. And and and, uh, I mean, they were just lying, straight up lying, because I was saying women who use abortion as birth control. And I, I said, yeah, I mean, you got to question a woman's behavior. If you're out there being loose and sleeping with every dude and engaging in, you know, to the point where you're having to end a life because you couldn't keep your stuff together, that's skanky behavior. It is. But wait a minute. They think that if you just vote Republican, then you're a roach. So where are all these broads that were angry at me for calling out females who used abortion as birth control? Where are they going to be at for women who just simply choose to vote Republican and they're roaches? Where's Alyssa Farah, the ben- the beneficiary of great nepotism? Where is she at calling this moral rot? The moral rot of this remark. Please, I mean, I just please just spare me, miss me with your situational and only if it's advantageous to you outrage. No. So women are roaches if they vote for Republicans. That's the message from the females at The View. But heaven forbid you call out females who use abortion as birth control. No, no, no. I'm not going to take any lectures from any, any, any chicks like that. Sit down. Sit down. I don't take lectures from you. Sit. It's ridiculous. But this is the message. This is on the heels of not just that Wall Street Journal survey, but also the one from New York Times, Siena College. Because that survey showed that was the first remember when it came out people were just kind of like "Mm, maybe that was a one-off you remember when it first started coming up and this is that coveted soccer mom demo when that first started happening people i think the i think democrats did not necessarily believe that something like that could be true and now we know that the white and i hate it that it's white suburban women I don't know. Maybe I don't live where these pollsters live because I don't have all white neighbors. I mean, not that I sit here and keep track like leftists do, but can it just be like women? We all have the same. We all have kids the same. We all raise kids the same. White suburban women, though, that's that soccer mom demo. And 15 point, 15 point plus 15 for Republicans going into this election. I was thinking about this survey last night in context of Biden's speech because after, so let me just lay, lay some of the psychology down for you, give you a little bit of perspective on this because I'm, I was legitimately trying to figure out who in the world would have advised him to speak like this, this close to an election and why this tone. Now, remember during the Clinton years, it was that soccer mom demo and he, his messaging Back in the 90s, and I was in school, but I just, you know, I I also am a student of history. He was very successful messaging wise in reaching out to that demo. He was he was fairly successful in every demo. He was a very good retail politic politician, very good at retail politics, meaning going out and meeting with people. 
Not everyone actually can do that. Not every politician's good at that. His wife was a drag. He didn't bring his wife to a lot of these campaign events because she was just not friendly. She's just not a friendly person. That's not her countenance. Long story short, that's when a lot of this discussion about that demographic, because mothers were very, very active during that time. And they also, the way that I remember, and Kane, do you remember this, the way that Clinton and Gore were marketed like Clinton was was made to be the academic one. And then Gore, they try to present him. Believe me, this is like literally how they tried to do this at the time. I remember this because I had uh, one of my teachers had a poster of Al Gore with a piece of straw in his mouth sitting on a hay bale at, an, at a uh, bus stop event. And it was supposed to look like one of those like teen bop poster. Yeah, they try to make him look like man candy. And and that apparently was really working. It legit was with the suburban mom demo. And so fast forward to post, like right after 9-11, one of the things that operatives really paid attention to was the way that uh, George W. Bush, and this was just a necessity of the job, when he was out speaking, when he, when he was speaking to Americans, and specifically it was you know also the address that happened right after uh, from the, I believe it was from the Oval Office, and that was his serious address to the nation. And he was talking about how you want families to be safe, etc. People want to be safe in their homes. They want to feel safe in their neighborhoods. That really struck a chord with middle America and uh, particularly that, that white suburban women demo. So they, the soccer moms turned into the security moms. And so women were very concerned about not just national security. They were concerned about, you know, if they traveled for work, if their husbands traveled for work, if their kids were going to, you know, colleges in different states, etc., etc., etc. So they're... There not and since then has there been that kind of, I think, reach into that community. And that was a really great message to have. And I kind of got the sense when I was listening to Biden's address that he was trying to I th- I don't think it was the Pelosi attack that that kicked them into giving this speech. I think it was this poll. I think this was the straw, not the sole reason, but I think it was the straw. And the proverbial straw that broke the camel's back. And when he was talking to people, he wanted people to be safe. This is America democracy. I got, it felt a little bit hokey. Like he was kind of re, trying to hit that, like that, like that security mom demo a little bit. As though moms have to fear this kind of, you know, David DePape stuff. Speaking of which, by the way, I looked I was telling you, I was looking in, in, at the charging documents, the affidavit for this, for this guy. And because it was, it's presented as, it was used as the launch pad to go and, and impugn the kickers of half the country. But also, he was being, he was presented as some right winger. And people kept saying, well, the charging documents really underscore that. So I read them. It's all linked for you in the email newsletter if you get it. Here's the paragraph, and I want you to listen to this, and you tell me if you think. Now, remember, police had said that his online posts were, quote, widely contradictory. His neighbors described him as a leftist, but it surprised them that he was attacking other leftists. And he lived in a place, at his place, he had a, a gay pride flag and a BLM flag out front. And he was a Castro nudist activist. Totally sounds like a mega mega guy, right? So here's the paragraph. I just want you to listen to this really quickly. And I, I think I'm pronouncing his name correctly. I don't care. 
DePape stated he was going to hold Nancy hostage and talk to her. This is from affidavit. If Nancy were to tell DePape the quote unquote truth, he would let her go. And if she quote unquote lied, he was going to break her kneecaps. DePape was certain that Nancy would not have told the truth. In the course of the interview, DePape articulated that he viewed Nancy as leader of the pack of lies told by the Democratic Party. DePape also later explained that by breaking her kneecaps, she would then have to be wheeled into Congress, which would show other members of Congress that there were consequences to actions. He also explained generally that he wanted to use her to to lure another individual to DePape. This is from his statement to police. Remember, this guy, first off, he was in the country illegally, number one. Number two, he was described as being legitimately crazy by everybody. He thought he was Jesus for a year and a half, or for a year, and he lived in a nudist commune with a bunch of other far-left people, and his wackadoo posts were all over the, the political spectrum. I mean, he railed against Republicans. He railed against Democrats. What I got from this paragraph, my initial thought, was that she wasn't far enough left for him. That he viewed them as being part of the Democrat establishment. Now, if that's the case, that would make him more of a a Bernie bro type than a traditional Democrat. The reason I bring this up and that I'm focusing on it isn't because I care about politics. It's because I don't think politics actually play into this. It would be very easy for me to say he, he... He checks more boxes of a leftist than anybody else and just go ahead and, you know, brush my hands off and say it's totally the left. And I wouldn't be wrong, actually. I mean, you look at Bernie Sanders, their volunteer tried to assassinate a whole baseball field of congressional members. I mean, right after Biden's speech last night, I don't know if you guys saw this, but there were two different incidents that took place. If you guys were aware, let me pull this up really quickly. There were there were two different incidents right after his speech. After Biden's speech, uh, Dan Bolduc's campaign, he was apparently the victim of a, an attempted assault while walking into his debate. Somebody tried to attack and punch him, and he was that, guy, that individual was arrested. Bolduc wasn't harmed. And then there was a uh, Northside man, according to Chicago Sun-Times, charged with sending the GOP governor hopeful Darren Bailey a voicemail death threat saying, quote, I know where his kids sleep. So both of those things happened right after Biden's speech, just FYI. But I don't think that this, I don't think that it, I think the guy was nuts. I think he was nuts. I think he didn't really honestly, I mean, maybe he was more left than right, but I am so tired of trying, the guy was nuts and he was going to, he viewed this person as, he viewed Nancy Pelosi as a figure of authority and tried to get in the house. The bigger question, and I mentioned this too, I mean, it's being used as, as, as chilling speech. I, this is a great post that David Harsani had. He said, this weekend, John Dickerson was wringing his hands on CBS News. He wrote this over at The Federalist over the alleged structural and rhetorical pro-violence position of the right. You see this trick, right? And he says, oh, you got to conserve. And, and if otherwise you are, you're accused of coddling the extremists in the first place. He says, on the other hand, when a Black Lives Matter fan murders five Dallas police officer, officers, the coverage is virtually devoid of any political concern. There is no CBS news panel convening to agonize over the left support for BLM after riots decimated neighborhoods across the nation in 2020, the costliest in Americans in American history. No, not even after the future vice president helped bail people out who participated in that violence, none of whom would later be accused of one of whom would later be accused of murder. And when a man who volunteers for the presidential campaign of Bernie Sanders attempts to assassinate Republican leadership on a baseball field in Alexandria, no one in major media tells us it's a culmination of socialist decades long demonizing of non-socialists. When an 
an assassin brings a Glock, extra ammo, a knife, pepper spray, and zip ties from California to D.C. to murder a Supreme Court justice two years after Chuck Schumer warned justices that they had released the whirlwind and would pay the price. Not only did we not have a national conversation about the perils of toxic rhetoric, the story was barely covered, appearing on page 20 of the New York Times. And to finish that quote, or from that excerpt, I would add to that Lee Zeldin. He was, they tried to stab him on stage. Any attack like this is not free speech. And it's heinous, and it shouldn't happen. But this is about chilling speech ahead of an election and using it to generate sympathy as voters leave the Democrat Party in droves. Where was the concern when Pelosi herself repeatedly labeled Republicans as, I quote, enemies of the state? I have over nine audio sound bites of that. To say nothing of the additional quotes that she gave to other press in scrums. Where was that at? Where was that? Where was the, the call for toning down the rhetoric? Out there calling people enemies of the states. They are enemies. They are extremists. Mega MAGA. I am not going to pretend that the right comes anywhere close to the left in terms of political violence. We ain't going to play that game. It's something the left can honestly claim first place with. But I don't think that this DePape guy represents all of the left at all. And I don't think that his attack was provoked by national conversation. I think we should spit on the idea that our words are violence and that we have to pull our discussions and police our debates so we don't upset the freaks among us. And this all, by the way, distracts from some, some, distracts for, from some very real and serious questions that remain unanswered. What, where was Capitol Police at? Why were they not monitoring these cameras? They were installed over eight years ago. Washington Post couldn't even handle that question in their piece. I read this uh, yesterday evening. They were distancing themselves. They were distracting themselves with their own bias. They said, they go, oh, well, House Democrats repeatedly reminded leaders in January, after January 6th, that campaign coffers were not enough to pay for personal security or upgrades to their homes. The leaders they reminded were the leaders in charge, Nancy Pelosi and other Democrats. They ran the damn thing. We can send billions of dollars to Ukraine. We can reassign college debt. We can pass a trillion dollar spending package and all kinds of other stuff. But the security requests apparently weren't a priority. Well, at least they're consistent. They don't value security in schools either. We got more to come, ladies and gentlemen. Dana Lash here for ARC Seeds. There's a growing sense of instability and uncertainty. Gas, housing, everyday items are way up. Uh, Food prices have the nation reeling. The ability to grow your own healthy food is on almost everybody's mind. So this is why I want to tell you about ARC Seed Kits. You can visit ARC, A-R-K, ARCSeedKits.com and enter code Dana to receive 10% off. Now, ARC Seed Kits, it's a non-GMO seed company. It's family owned and they provide heirloom seeds for across the nation for over 13 years. They want to make sure every home in America has the ability to grow and harvest its own food. Now, these are the highest quality heirloom seeds. They arrive in a sustainable container offering long-term and short-term storage. And they also bring seed-saving knowledge and food preparedness to you and your community. You can get seeds for vegetables and herbs. They have 50,000 organically grown seeds in each kit. We're talking corn, watermelon, cucumbers, lettuce, beans, tomatoes, all kinds of stuff designed to grow new nutrient and calorie dense vegetables and fruits to sustain any home 
at any time. So, and they can be harvested and regrown year after year. You guys know how heirloom seeds work, right? Chaz Chop in Portland didn't. So visit Arc Seed Kits and enter Dana to get your 10% discount code and be on your way to food and economic security, helping you and your family and your community. It's a limited time offer. Visit arcseedkits.com, A-R-K, and order your seed kits and save 10% today. Of all your favorite talk hosts, one of these is not like the others. The Dana Show. Your lovable curmudgeon, ladies and gentlemen, sitting in with you as we get you prepped and ready as we approach Friday, Saturday Eve Eve. And we have, we've been a little political politics heavy. You know, we had a crazy speech, the red speech part two last night. I got some other stuff for you. I got some melt, absolute meltdown in Pennsylvania is happening right now. Waiting till you hear some of this stuff. But now, this is one of two stupid stories that I have. And you'll get the other one later. The first one is Ohio Sheriff. This Ohio Sheriff, this is a mounted unit of Lake County Sheriff's Office. It was Halloween. They're on horses. So they decided they were going to dress their horses up for Halloween. Now, they had uh, these, they put, they dressed the horses up as ghosts. And they had uh, festive orange pumpkin lights on them. And, the, you know, they thought they looked real nice. And the woke scolds got mad and said that the horses were racist and dressed up like the Klan. No, this literally is the, that actually happened. And everyone who has more than one brain cell did think it was kind of shocking that anyone would think that. But, you know, so they, the kids loved it. The kids said, oh, they were ghost horses. But the adults, some of the woke scolds were insisting, no, these are clan horses. Just, oh my gosh. Can people just stop? Just stop. <sighs> literally, they ever, they got mad about. The horses. Sheriff dresses the horses up as ghosts, then everybody calls them racist. It's just so, just stop. Everybody quit. All right, now coming up. Women now have their own sports network. Is it going to succeed? <laughs> We've got that. My other dumb story that I had for you is people got mad at Jerry Jones's costume. I'll share that with you. Also, some of the reaction to the red speech part two. And Joe Biden also, he's, decide- he's making some dumb moves on energy. Uh, we've got that. I got crazy midterm stuff for you as well. Wokery, you don't want to miss it. Second hour, just minutes away. Stick with us, folks. If you're a regular listener, then you've heard me talk about Keltec and all the reasons why they're one of my personal favorites when it comes to firearms. Privately owned family company, Keltec has been making one of a kind American made firearms since 1995. Driven by creativity, Keltec doesn't just copy other weapons on the market, they innovate new ones, including the new P50. The P50 platform is based around a 50 round double stack magazine, which lays horizontally along the top of the grip. The 5.7 cartridge comes in several variants from sporting, hunting, to personal defense, and with how easy it handles its smooth shooting because it's well balanced and thus accurate. You can definitely see Keltec's reliability and quality at work. The P50 is fun on the range, but it's also great for serious home protection. To find out more about the P50 and all other Keltec weapons, and products, check out keltechweapons.com. That's K E L T E C weapons.com. Keltech, creating innovative quality firearms to help secure your world. Keltechweapons.com. The president decided a few days ago that it was important to uh, uh, issue one final warning on this issue to make very clear, to leave no doubt, uh, that we have people out there still peddling the big lie. People uh, uh, in now raising the issue of election denial in this election. Uh, and of course, uh, the horrible incident uh, uh, involving Speaker Pelosi and her family, mm-hmm. uh, you know, showing the rising threat of political violence. 
what? They it's like they want something to happen. We're all meanwhile, we're all sitting here going, dude, <laughs> we just want to get done so we can figure out how many pies we're baking for Thanksgiving. Like, what's up? Welcome back to the program, ladies and gents. You're lovable, sweet, angelic, best friends with everybody. Always honest, curmudgeon. Dana Lash here with you. As uh, it's always good to be with you folks here uh, this afternoon. In the top of our our second hour, I just saw that John Fetterman's going to join the View tomorrow. <laughs> Steve, I'm sorry. There goes your morning. <laughs> okay, I'm gonna stop because I got all this other stuff to get to. This one of the things that Kane pointed out. And he noted that was Ron Klain. That's the chief, the chief guy advising, chief of staff there to Joe Biden. They, it's like they want something to happen. It's one final warning. If you don't vote for Democrats, everybody's going to die. And then Ron Klain also acted like, well, you know, Biden really laid it out. He kept talking about inflation. And Kane's like, what? What? Audio somebody 22. Listen to this. And to tackle the biggest problem we have in the economy right now, frankly, which is inflation and bringing down prices of everyday things uh, that, that really hit uh, people hard. Uh, that's the number one problem right now. It's inflation, and that's the problem we're focused on. But he didn't even mention it last night, as you noted. He didn't talk anything about it. I'm not quite sure what, what that means. He didn't say anything about it. The whole dang speech. He never said it. He never said it. So I'm just... Uh, they are freaking out. They don't get it. They don't get it. They don't, they are not grasping this. They are, they don't understand what it, what's happening. He's focusing on this. By the way, they were denying the election in 2016. I'm not even hearing this election denier stuff. Shut up. I'm not hearing it. I have a hearty shut up. I don't care what side anybody's on. I'm not hearing it. I don't care if it's my best friend. I ain't hearing it. I'm so done with us. He's focusing on that. Meanwhile, we're like, hey, some of people are going broke. We're going broke out here. Oh, my gosh. Sidebar. Apparently, you know, the big giant cans of the pump. I'm going to have to buy some literal actual pumpkins and gut them out. You know, the big giant cans of pump. That's going quick. The big giant, like the Libby pumpkin stuff, the giant one where you can get like two pies. Nobody does two pies. Come on. Because you can use it for... um like a breakfast souffle and all kinds of stuff. You can use it for like pumpkin crepes, everything. Those are going pretty quick because the last several times I try to get them because I always keep a little stockpile. That's what we're concerned about right now. We want to go and vote. We want to make sure we can keep the house heated. We want to be able to make sure we got gas for our stoves to turn them on and bake our stuff. We don't want our turkeys to be costing an arm and a leg. We just want, you know, a basic, simple Thanksgiving. Can we have some kind of normalcy? It's never going to be what it was. Can we just have a little bit? Can you let us pretend? Nope. Nope. You're all going to die unless you vote for Democrats. And that's what they've been focusing on. So to this point, what did we have? Uh, we got KJP. Is it is it when she said mega mega? Yep. This is yesterday. Audio somebody 23. So this was yesterday leading up to this speech. Listen. Unfortunately, we have seen mega MAGA Republican officials who don't believe in the rule of law. Who? They refuse to accept the results of free and fair elections. Stacey Abrams and they is fan the flames of political violence through what they praise and what they refuse to condemn. 
It remains important for the president to state strongly what? and unequivocally that violence has no place in our democracy. What? So then, mega, mega, what is that? Who decided to coin that? Really, fire that person. Someone in Biden's team hates him. Hates him so bad. They're trying to sabotage him. It's the only thing I can think of. So, on the heels of this, you have, uh, what's his name? Michael Bitchloss? No. Is, yes, that's his name. What did you say? No. Michael Bitchloss. I th- I that's, his, that's his Bech- name. Bitchloss. Bitchloss? Hang on. Bitchloss. That's his name, right? He is, uh, he was on, I don't know what he was on. He's some kind of commentator. He was on, what is this, MSNBC? I can't even remember what I sent you. It is. I don't it even is. Remember. It's MSNBC. Okay, I'm just saying if that's his, if his name is Bitchloss, Bitchloss, don't make fun. It's not right. Can, can we just like have some serious, <laughs> you should make fun of the man's name. It's tough. The name is spelled a little weird, but I, you know. Bitchloss? I think we both could be correct. Okay, we can. Listen, to, you want to talk about, who? who are the people who are, constantly saying there's going to be violence i don't know anybody on the right saying this but i hear the people like this go ahead but if that is true a historian will say what was at stake tonight and this week was the fact whether we will be a democracy in the future whether our children will be arrested and conceivably killed we're on the edge of a brutal authoritarian system what who's in charge oh my gosh voting is completely indicative of a brutal authoritarian system. Guys, it's exactly what's happening here. I mean, they're going to kill all your kids? He actually went and said this on MSNBC this morning. No pushback. If this had been someone who was like-minded with me and was saying this to me on a program I hosted or on this radio program... It would not have been, it would, would be good for that person. And I think that was last night with Chris Hayes. Was it last? Oh, yeah, because yeah, Chris Hayes had, yeah, let me, thank you for the correction. Because Chris Hayes had the uh, last chance for democracy graphic. That's right. I want to put that in your print. He had the last chance for democracy graphic. That was him. This is what they're saying, that if Democrats don't win, I mean, we're on the edge of total authoritarianism. Who was in the White House, by the way? Who's controlling Congress? How the hell are we on the edge of total authoritarianism if Democrats are in charge? Unless Democrats are the authoritarians. Ooh. Mm. Mm. I don't think they thought this all out. Democracy. Explain that to me. Because well, obviously we're a representative republic, but we use democratic We have a democratic process, process in right. our republic, yes. So by them out there just claiming the death of democracy altogether, how is that even possible? I just want to know how that's possible. That is an excellent question. Voting is tyranny, apparently. To these people well i mean if you don't vote democrat then it's right. to you have to, if people are going to die if you don't vote democrat that's not tyranny to threaten people with death to make them vote for you that is what democracy is that's <laughs> apparently godly. almost cleared up on that are we all clear oh man almost. they desperately des- this these are this is what these people are look what do you think is going to happen i think they're going to riot when they lose Congress, can you imagine if they lose Congress and then in 2024 they lose Congress and the White House? They did when when Trump won. Oh my gosh, they lost their minds when Trump won. They set things on fire in downtown D.C. Look what they did when he got successfully through. Uh, they Supreme they tried Court to justices. burn down a church. Yeah. I will never forget the story of this. What was he? An Uber driver? 
And he he was like a, one of the pro drivers who owns his own cars. So it's like if you go and you get Uber, you can do like the Uber Black or the Uber X or whatever. And if you do, I think it's Uber Black. Those are the professional guys, the ones who will also kind of their contract for car services and that. So they're totally pro. And this guy was one of them. We talked about this at the day after it happened because he had just uh, upgraded himself. He upgraded to a brand new. It was like, I can't remember. It was a nice like three row SUV, something like that. I can't remember. But they trashed it. They 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 busted up his car and set it on fire during the riots. Is that something you can claim for insurance? Can you be like riots literally like just took out my car? And he's like, I can't make my because he owned his own car. He's like, I can't. He didn't lease it from a company and then drive. He he was a he, that's what that was his livelihood, and that's what leftist writers did. They don't these people are morons. So I'm sure that they're going to riot when they don't because that's what they do when they don't get their way. These people are thugs. They go like this. Michael Bishloss, bit whatever. He sounds like a thug. He's a thug. When you talk like this, you're a thug. If you're out there threatening people with violence if they don't vote your way, you're a thug. It's ridiculous. You have this, uh, this, oh man, I have so much here. The, if he would just focus, they were, they're not focusing on any of the issues. They can't. They absolutely cannot. You even have Barack Obama out there. Audio soundbite 17. Listen to this. Democrats, let me tell you, are not perfect. I'm the first one to admit it. I wasn't perfect. Politicians, just like all of us, make mistakes. But right now, with a few notable exceptions, who deserve credit, most Republican politicians, they're not even pretending that the rules apply to them. They seem to be willing to just make stuff up. Hmm. Yeah, I mean, like what about specifically? And maybe we want to give any kind of examples? No, we've got all kinds of audio. Y'all sitting here denying 2016. You know who got started, by the way, the rumor? And for those who are, you know, either just joining us recently, I've talked about this before. You know, the person who started the whole Obama wasn't from the United States thing was Hillary Clinton, right? It absolutely was. She has a, she worked with an attorney. His name was Philip Berg. And he was the one who started all of that. He started that for her in 2008 where they were battling it out. She was, was, she was, I don't think that the party wanted her, but she was trying to strong arm her way to be the DNC nominee for president in 2008. And she was looking, and that's when, that's when uh, Barack Obama uh, was able, he won his Senate race in Illinois because he used seven of nine from Star Trek. Uh, you've gotten their gotten their divorce proceedings and eliminated politically the guy he was running against. So he's in he they, they were he was he was being fast tracked to run. They didn't the party didn't want Hillary Clinton, and so she had Phil Berg, her attorney, her longtime attorney, by the way. Since even they were they were friends and worked together even back when Bill Clinton was in the White House. He was the one who did all of that. He that all started there. This all this stuff starts with these people. And still today, I just think it's shameful and it's embarrassing of the party. The party ought to be embarrassed. Their leaders ought to be embarrassed. You know, they should be going out there and saying, you know what? No, we're not talking like this. You, you can't sit here and scare people when you fail 
yourself to clearly articulate what your solutions are. You can't scare people into voting for you when you haven't. Fear is not a solution. And it shouldn't be in an election. We've got a lot more on the way as we get moving towards headlines. We're also going to talk about some of the latest economic news, the Fed raising rates with Carol Roth later on. If you want to know what the left's real plan is for your kids, just look at the reaction to the work Patriot Mobile did in multiple school districts in Texas. The left is losing their minds. Patriot Mobile is America's only Christian conservative mobile phone provider and a force for conservative values. This is because they take a portion of your bill and fund conservative causes and candidates who believe in the sanctity of life, freedom of speech, the Second Amendment, and they're winning. Patriot Mobile has affordable plans for you, your family, even your business. They offer the same nationwide coverage as the major carriers because they use multiple major networks. Plus, you're supporting conservative values with every call. Visit PatriotMobile.com slash Dana or call 972-PATRIOT. Get free activation using offer code Dana. Special discounts are also available for veterans and first responders. Join our movement. Make the switch today and a difference tomorrow. PatriotMobile.com slash Dana. That's PatriotMobile.com slash Dana 972 Patriot. And now, all of the news you would probably miss. It's time for Dana's Quick Five, brought to you by Caltech. This is terrifying. So <laughs> scientists reveal what tech-obsessed humans could look like in the year 3000, and they've based it on grotesque model Mindy, hunchbacked, with a wide and wide necked with a text claw thumb because of our reliance on technology. And thicker skull, smaller brain, tech neck, 90 degree elbow, text claw. This, she looks like Gollum. Can I just be real? Like she legit looks like Gollum. It is terrifying. This makes me want to throw my phone away. I'm not even kidding. Like, I'll communicate with the owl that's in my patio. I'll just do that. Oh, my gosh. That's, isn't that terrifying? Does she have to Does she has, have to look hateful and scary? I'm just... Let's assume we are, we're stuck with phones for a thousand years. Like, that's what this is assuming, that we're just stuck with phones for a thousand mm. years. I think we'll have different Man, ways. this girl is nasty. Uh, She's yeah, nasty. not healthy. A pretend Stanford student lived in the dorms for 10 months. The university says the Stanford Daily reported the man had been living in a dorm's basement when police found him last week. He had been, he had lived in at least five dorms. They he, they found him the first time in December 2021, but that didn't deter him. And so they've, they've obtained multiple stay away letters, the police, but now they finally, I, how does this even happen? They said they were notified of the man's presence, but there was no broad communications about him to Stanford resident. Oh my gosh. Maybe like check your security out just a little bit. Inflation is making pizza more appealing this Thanksgiving. This breaks my heart. Uh, They said that Thanksgiving dinner is going to be more expensive. A lot of people are are looking at different alternative ways to celebrate. They have bird flu, reducing the supply of turkeys, vegetable yield shortage, labor shortage, blah, 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 blah. Everything's up. I mean, everything from potatoes up 18%, canned fruit and veggies 19%. You know what? The only canned anything that I care about is the cranberry sauce. Don't be throwing your shade on us because we know what's up, Kane, right? Fist bump from across. We know what's up. That can, that cranberry sauce is best when it is out the can with the marks on it. Nice and sliced, laid upon a bed of lettuce for the fanciness factor. 
we that's all I care about, right? The turkey, like I'll run one down, right? I mean, is the turkey season yet? I'll just or maybe I'll discreetly get a bow and you know, never haven't bow hunted before. And not a horrible shot, but probably should practice a lot more first. Anyway, moving on down the line here. Uh, let's see. Oh, this is hysterical. There were there was Christmas ornament chaos on the streets of London. Two giant ornaments shaped like silver bulbs rolled down the streets in London. <clears throat> cars had to avoid them. They were giant spheres. They're twice as big as the cars. They were crashing into lampposts, all kinds of stuff, losing their silver layers in the process. It looked kind of nutty. And I think the perfect way, that's a perfect video for 2022, honestly. Stick with us. We got a lot more in store. Hey, this is Todd Herman, host of The Todd Herman Show. You might have heard me on Rush Limbaugh's show. I was a regular fill-in for about eight years. God rest Rush. I now do a show out of the high mountains of free America because, you know, I got exiled from Seattle. Well, it turns out that the FBI has a backdoor access, a website they can log into and flag your post to be taken down, flag your account to be limited in reach. But wait a minute. What about Pelosi? Check out The Todd Herman Show every day on Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts. Your one-stop shop for the information you need to fight back. If you're going to have to learn stuff, you might as well enjoy it. The Dana Show. Everybody, regard. Have you, you know, have any stressed kind of relationships with folks, friends, family? Coming up you know, later this month at Thanksgiving. Anyway. Hmm. What? Man, I don't know. That's John Fetterman. Okay, so I have some crazy. That was, that's, you guys know who that was, John Fetterman. Welcome back. Dana Lash here with you. Lovable curmudgeon. I want to hurry up and get into the midterm stuff because people are going crazy. So here's the latest. Bum, bum, bum. You guys ready? Oz has taken the lead over Fetterman by two points five days out Democrat support is slowing that's after the debate performance so now all of the debate all of that measurement is coming in so uh, he's ahead two points gained five points from September Uh, this is and this is the Hill Emerson College pretty interesting first time now it's 48 to 46. It is within the survey's margin of error. That's three points. Uh, they said that 54% of Pennsylvania voters, so they expected Oz to win. 47 said the same about Fetterman. Now, here's that the, all of the other surveys from Emerson have had Fetterman consistently leading Oz. Uh, not all of the polling, obviously. has. I mean, this is the first time. This is the first poll that shows Oz pulling ahead of Fetterman. Now, I don't know. Now, I've told you about my map, right? I made my own Senate map. You can make yours too. I've made my own Senate map. And I have it, the way that I look at this, I see, I just, it's so tough. The way I have it, I have Pennsylvania going blue for the Senate. I mean, but not, you know, that's just kind of, I mean, I just have it, I have that going blue. And I have, uh, I think Nevada will go red. I think that we're going to walk away with plus two because I think Georgia will likely go red. 
I there's just some there's there's a there's you know a Wisconsin that's going to go red. So I think we're going to weigh. I think five thirty eight says it's going to be plus fifty one. I think it could be plus fifty two. Well, if I don't have Pennsylvania, maybe. Oh, gosh dang, this is just tough. There's an update on five thirty eight in the Senate. It's fifty three forty seven. Republican is what they just had it a couple days ago. Fifty one. Yeah, they just last night updated it. So the latest. So because Walker and Warnock are are well the rcp average has walker up now by two uh the rcp average only still has oz down by one so that's why i have the map this way i would love to be proven wrong on this i want to i want so badly to be proven wrong here so maybe we'll see now when you look at the rcp ratings they's the, the, the ratings that they have and they're their projections, because right now it's 50-50, and you have the vice president that has the, the the breaking tie. But the states, man, Nevada, Georgia, uh, Pennsylvania, Wisconsin, I think, is going to be... Uh, Johnson's been up by three. So, so I, I think that he... I think Wisconsin's going to be reliably red, so I don't think that there's a danger of losing that seat. Uh, you know, so I, I, I just, but that's great though, that this is the first, so this may change it. That may, I think that debate was one of the most devastating things that Fetterman could have done. I think it was a combination of that interview with Dasha Burns, which was not a, it, you can, she did not intend for that to be, she just a hit piece. She talked to the candidate. Clearly the candidate's shortcomings are not the, are not the fault of anybody else but the candidate. And so... He's going to be on The View tomorrow. I wonder, I retweeted someone who said, John, are white suburban women cockroaches? <laughs> Can you imagine him trying to answer that question? That's going to be an awkward interview for him tomorrow, I think. So some of the latest that I have here. So Oz is taking the lead. That's the latest Hill-Emerson poll. The debate has just destroyed Fetterman's lead. Uh, another from USA Today, another measure of this, because uh, people said that, indisputably Oz won the debate 62% to 62 to 17%. They said that when they said who's more moderate, it was 42 40 in favor of Fetterman. Now the Democrat is up 12 points over Mastriano uh, in, in Pennsylvania. There was a really interesting thing that Burns had done. Dasha Burns had done a story on split ticket voting that I don't think enough in media are paying attention to because I mentioned this yesterday. The tribalism has gotten to the point where it's turning people off. People are done. People want, this is why I think people are more like we are like, right. We're ideological. I'm not political. I am not, I don't really, I don't have an allegiance to a party. I have an allegiance to a strategy. I want my strategy so I can get my ideals accomplished and if that happens to coincide with what a party wants, then that's a happy coincidence. Doesn't mean any kind of allegiance. And I think a lot of people, by and large, particularly since this big tent has been developed, feel the same way. And I think one of the worst mistakes that either party could make, particularly Republicans, since it's in their favor, is to assume that everyone thinks exactly the same and to not read the room first. Because it is very, I mean, that's the nature of politics. It would be great if everyone, if you could get done everything that you wanted the way you wanted it. At the strength you wanted it. I mean, that's a perfect world, right? But that utopia 
doesn't exist. Literally, it's Latin word for nothing that doesn't exist. So you have to, it's not compromising. You have to strategize. What do you want? Right? What do you want? What are you going to be able to have? That's just the, that's just the way of it. Now, this USA Today, this is what I think is interesting because they're looking at Mastriano, who is uh, minus 12 under the Democrat, but yet Oz looks like now he's, and I think his lead is going to grow. There is a good chance. I may be wrong. I may modify in the next day. I may be modifying. I may modify it by Tuesday. There's a good chance that Oz could take this. But this whole thing, they keep playing up. They keep, oh, well, you know, Fetterman had a stroke. Remember, that was used to keep other Republicans out. Mark Kirk, it was used against Mark Kirk. I heard a talking head on Fox this morning say, oh, well, other people have served and had strokes. That literally was the reason why people were not endorsing Mark Kirk. So stop. They actually use it as a negative against him. It was Richard Fowler who said that. I'm like, Richard, let's tell the whole story. Now, you defend against doing that with Fetterman, but your party happily did that with Mark Kirk. So they had, here's the other thing, an unusually high percentage of independents were undecided, 19%. Early voting is already open. I hate early voting. Can I just say it? I hate early voting. And when I get nudged by precinct chairs who don't know how to do texts to people about getting out and vote, people work. They vote when they can. I think it should I think you should I think it should be a national day off. I think when you vote, it should be a day off and you go and vote on that day. There is zero reason at all whatsoever why we can't vote and have those votes counted all in the same day. It is garbage. I don't like the early voting. I do not early vote typically out of spite. Out of spite, I don't do it. I have only early voted two times in my entire life when I was doing election coverage. I always will vote the day of. I will literally come back home. I will drive back home from where, or I will alter my plans and go vote. I literally one day when I was doing, uh, it was some election coverage. I can't remember if I had to be in Atlanta or New York. I purposely structured hopping my coach flight after I voted, as soon as polls open. I'm not, I just, I don't mess with it. It's a thing. And the reason why I don't like early voting is all this stuff happens after. There's so many things that are still happening. That debate happened. Didn't early voting happen when the debate was underway? I mean, it's just crazy. We have early voting right now in Texas. You can early vote all the way up until November 4th. <sighs> now, they said the people who watched the debate USA Today in Pennsylvania, they thought Oz definitely was the winner. That debate, I think really got it now the interesting thing about this and we were talking about split tickets just a minute ago who they're fighting over are the moderates they call them independents but they're more moderate they don't they don't follow this stuff like we do those are the people that they're fighting over right now those are the people that will ultimately shift you know a couple points here a couple points there and make the difference and so the governor's race i think is kind of done i don't like saying you know but i mean let's be real let's look at the numbers I'm just, you, you, you want my take on it. You don't want me to try to, I'm not here to shape something. I'm here to give you a take on it. Now, a couple of other things to hit into. Uh, the red wave, I don't want people to feel as though you can be 
apathetic about it and don't take it for granted. The result isn't a win. The result is a suffocating win. I always tell my kids this, my youngest son, who is doesn't even have to be an overachiever and he overachieves. It's so frustrating. He doesn't even have to put in effort. He's straight A's, like super smart kid, you know, all AP courses, all this stuff. He didn't have to try. And I'm like, can you imagine if you tried really hard, what would happen? You might, I mean, you could blow this up. This is crazy. Can you imagine? I'm like, never, ever leave any doubt as to what the conclusion is. Never leave any room for doubt. Really make a definitive statement with with action. Now, as this happens, I don't want you, and I know we got to get moving, but real quick, I saw this piece. I'm just saying it because I saw this piece at Vanity Fair. As this takes place, do not take the bait. GOP insiders, this is the headline from Vanity Fair. GOP insiders are starting to doubt Ron DeSantis would actually take on Trump. They are trying to, as this happens, they want to undermine the threads that have woven together this big tent on the right. And they want to undermine it by trying to push division here. Ignore all this. Ignore every bit of it. Because that's all this is. Democrats don't even have anybody. Can you imagine? They don't even have anybody to fight over who's going to go. They don't have anybody. It's his life mission to make bad decisions. <laughs> it's time for Florida Man. Man, I... Uh, I don't even know. Let me do this one. Let me start with this Halloween candy one. A woman, this is News Channel 8 in Tampa, WFLA. She took an, all these buckets of Halloween candy from a Tampa home, dumped them into hers, and walked out. And it was a streamer who found them, or who, who saw it. They said, uh, the YouTube streamer who posted it, rather, said that he was out trick-or-treating with his family when he saw what happened on the doorbell app. And he said it was an adult woman. She was in a barmaid costume. Oh, can I be mean? Do you want me to be mean for just a minute? I'm just like, if you're going to wear a barmaid costume like that, you probably want to have better knees. Don't have your knees be looking like biscuits if you're going to be wearing a barmaid costume. Okay, like, thank you. (sighs) Joan Rivers was an idol, I just want to say. Anyway, people thought that was so incredibly mean. This guy uploaded this onto his Twitter account and it went viral. He doesn't think she should face criminal penalties. He's like, but, you know, you should. She's not going to do nothing. She's like some entitled, she's some entitled Karen. She ain't going to do nothing. But that is kind of ridiculous. Uh, it's not as bad as the man who crashed his SUV into his ex-wife home as the family slept, according to this affidavit. This is Fox 35, Orlando. This is kind of a crazy story. I mean, what? like, really, there's no way that you can. <sighs> Ingrid Alice is the ex. And according to the rest, arrest report, 46-year-old uh, Nis- Nissan Ortega was intoxicated. He crashed into the home. Uh, this was in Apopka. Detective said it happened as everyone was sleeping. The nine-year-old said I was scared. That's what she told police. Oh, this makes me so mad. Luckily, no one was injured. But the car, it, like she, he damaged not just the house, but also her car. He's facing seven counts of attempted murder, burglary, and aggravated assault. Well, yeah. I mean, that's not like an accident. Hi. Uh, a Florida man was arrested after pouring bleach into co-workers' sodas. Channel 6 in South Florida. Oh, my gosh. That's not anything you can hide. Bleach has a strong smell. 
NBC affiliate reports the incident took place at the dollar store in DeLand, where deputies were called after a possible poisoning this week. The victim, whose identity was redacted, told the sheriff's office that he was drinking soda at lunch, left it unsupervised, went to use the restroom. When he returned, he said he took a drink and it tasted and smelled like bleach. And they looked at the surveillance footage and saw 48-year-old Jerome Ellis pouring bleach into the soda, and then he also spat into it. Ugh. He said he did it to get back at the guy. Now he's charged with poisoning and tampering with evidence. That is so nasty. Uh, I just don't. Mm-mm. I always carry a big, giant tumbler with me, and it goes with me wherever I go. You, it, wherever I go. It is probably one of the most protected things I have. Actually, I think it is. It's more. I don't have anything more valuable than that. That is my most valuable, and I carry it has my water. I have my ice water in it. I always have to have ice water. So this, a Florida man is accused of crashing into multiple cars. Fox 35, Orlando, Brevard County, Titusville. A man was arrested. He just ran into a whole bunch of cars on Brevard County during a high-speed chase, driving like he stole it because he did steal it on Tuesday. They said they tried to stop 36-year-old Robert Lee Ramon Strachan. You have too many names of Titusville, Robert Strachan. And he fled and then drove recklessly in the wrong lanes, forcing other motorists off the road. He had all these cars. I don't need to read all the cars that he hit, but he hit lots of them. And then he tried to go all, into all these other areas, back into Coco. Uh, they said they were able to stop him just past the crash. He is booked on whew, charges of aggravated battery and law enforcement officer. Four counts of aggravated fleeing, eluding after crash. Four counts of leading after the scene. Driving out driver's license, resisting officers, resisting officers. I mean, there's so many, I can't even speed read them in that time. He's got a lot of charges. He's going to be in jail for a bit. Stay with us. Third hour on the way. My friend Carol Roth will join us soon, too. Unfortunately, we have seen mega, MAGA Republican wait. officials who don't Wait, 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 wait. You know what I hear every single time she or anyone else says this? You know what I hear? You know what I think of? Taking regular MAGA to Mega MAGA. Wait, you gotta form the lion. All the lines gotta come together. I still remember this. You don't forget blazing sword. It's form, feet, and legs. Here they're forming now. Feet and legs, everybody. Form, feet, and legs. Form, arms, and torso. And I'll form the head. what it takes to make mega mega blazing sword can you hear it that's every time they say this that's what i hear welcome back to the program dana lash here your lovable curmudgeon i had all the lions by the way i had like the little voltron and then i had the ones where you actually had to put the lions like you could put i it was the bougiest present i ever got they as a made child. small ones and they made the big ones I all had my the cousins big ones. got me lions and I could make the Voltron. Man, those are so cool. You put the people in the lions, and then you could right. make the Voltron. It was a pretty big, it was, I was terrified to play with it, because it was so nice. It was so amazing. I had so much fun with that. That was like one of the best. Let's be real. That was one of the best. But whenever I hear them say, Mega Maga, didn't he say, I swear he said, like, Mega Maga Extreme last night, Joe Biden is a dress. That's what I hear. No, it's not regular Maga. It's Mega Maga. With free blazing sword attachment. I mean, that's what I hear whenever they say this. <sighs> and then I'm thinking about, you know, then you, the lion feet roar, the hand lions, all that. <laughs> oh, 
Oh, they're just jealous because they don't have anything mega. What do they have? Nothing. No, they have Beto or Rourke doing a really bad TikTok. That was, I don't play it because I can't, I can't pour bleach in my eyes. But I will, but I can't. So don't. I think it has copyrighted music in it anyway. Yeah, so. we can't. Thank heavens for that. Oh, shucks. I mean, the radio program carrying coast to coast, it's fine. But the simulcast of the program that you can watch on the first or YouTube or Facebook, that's a little different. You can't, you can't have that music because it's a whole, it's like $11 trillion. Nobody can afford it. So that's, that's all they got. Like, hey, here, well, you know what? What if you put, if you put the John Ossoffs and the Beto O'Rourke's and the Gavin Newsom's together, you can form one John Fetterman. Isn't that right? <laughs> and they're all, then they put the brown giant brown loafers. Go on. You know, the hair. And I'll form the hoodie. <laughs> I'm just saying, you know, I'm right. That's all they got. They don't got nothing to be excited about. Who do they got on their bench? They are freaking out. And they are trying to, they're, listen to this, listen to this. Audio somebody 24. Listen to this just desiccated old pervert. Audio somebody 24. The See if you can tell who it is. are pretty simple, actually. They're and pretty straightforward. They say, I want you to be very miserable. And I want you to be very angry. And I vote, I want you to vote for us. And we'll make it worse, but we'll blame them. See, that's, that's total projection. I don't really believe anything that came from a guy who literally was members of a whites only golf club in the 90s and didn't stop being a member until he was busted by the New York Times. Oops. <sighs> I might want to put some ice on it, Bill. Uh, so <laughs> I could just like say all the lines that came out from those cases. The uh, that's just projection, as you were saying, that's total projection. And they, they're having, a, they're having a, a huge problem, a big problem. Listen to this. In Arizona, Obama lost control of the crowd again. This is after he was heckled in Michigan. These are Democrats that are going out to these. This is audio sound by 2000, came. An economy that's very good for folks at the very top, but not always so good for ordinary oh, people. Boy. Communities where too many kids. Are, 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 are you going to start? Are you going to start yelling? They don't think that they did enough with like taxes and all that. They're doing Man. Hold on a second, everybody. Don't get distracted. Wait, wait, wait. No, wait. no, no. They already did. Wait, they already wait, done wait, got wait. distracted. Hold up. Hold up. He can't control the Hold mob up. that he helped create. Hey, young man. Young man. Just, just listen for a second. Oh. You know, oh. you, all right. you, you, you can't. I mean, he just, he can't. This is what happens when you use grievance electioneering for so long, then you can't you can't control the you create this rage mob and you can't control them anymore. That's what's happening. That's what's happening here. 
They're the ones who are telling everybody that they're going to come and steal all your medicines. They're going to come take away all your Social Security. Those Republicans are going to come and steal your babies. I mean, they act like that one bedroom intruder guy, remember? Like, oh my gosh, you better hide your husbands, hide your wives, hide your kids, because they're snatching everybody up in here. That's what they act like. Democrats say Republicans are doing that stuff. And meanwhile... Everybody who's voting Republican, we're sitting over here minding our damn business, having a beer, just waiting to figure out how bad things are going to get and how much more expensive it's going to get ahead of Thanksgiving. We're going to go vote and then we got to go work. That's what we're doing. Good heavens. These people. I'm telling you. Oh, man. Can I? I need to get this. Audio soundbite one. So yesterday. The White House. I do not believe their excuse because they had this tweet hanging out there. How long did that tweet hang out th- hung out there for? Like thirty minutes. It was almost an hour. Yeah. This tweet was out there for a, quite a long time. Now, if you tweet something, or if you're not on Twitter and you put something up on Facebook, and you realize, oh, there's a mistake. You usually you handle it pretty quick, and that's just your stuff, right? So you could imagine there's probably a lot more uh, with you know, keeping an eye on the official account of the White House, right? So the White House put out this tweet where they were taking credit for the, they said, you're getting back more Social Security. You're getting more Social Security. We increased your Social Security payments. Now, what they did not tell you is because by law, they have to, because you have to adjust it. It's the cost of living adjustment to Social Security. They didn't give that. You know what they did? They gave you inflation. You're not getting more money. That's a measure of inflation. And so they deleted it. After Twitter put a fact check thing on it, the White House started scrubbing their tweets. So Corinne Jean-Pierre was asked about this yesterday. Listen. Removed a tweet that talked about the increase in Social Security benefits in 2023 uh, through President Biden's leadership. There was a a contextual note, I'm not sure what the proper terminology is for the uh, platform, that was added to that. Was it removed because of the addition of the note or was it removed because of the concern about the uh, veracity of the message? So it was, look, the tweet was not complete. Usually when we put out a tweet, uh, we posted with context and it did not have that context. For an hour. And then it wasn't until Twitter put the thing, the fact check thing on it that we, that we were like, oh my gosh. And then we took it down. That's what that was. Wow. The context is that whoever wrote it doesn't understand what that means. Can you imagine someone actually, I can't believe someone thought that, I don't believe that they thought it was a good spin. Because if they actually know what, knew what it meant, they wouldn't have said anything about it. They would have just been quiet about it. But they had him saying it in a speech earlier because, you know, he's not writing his own stuff. And then they actually tweeted it out. You guys are getting back more Social Security. Because the cost of living adjustment, you moron, because inflation. It is law. (sighs) That's like saying you get to pay more for eggs and milk and butter and everything else. Look at that. They're more expensive. They're fancier. Ah, fancier. Golly. That's what they're that's what they're doing. So I mean, I'm telling you, it is, uh, it's, it's just going to be bad. It's going to be bad uh, for Democrats. I can't. And I have, yeah, wait, there's even more. But wait, there's more. We got a lot. 
So we've had the audio. If you're not going to, you, you got to vote for them because we're, uh, everybody will die. I think that was what uh, Michael Bichelas said that on MSNBC. Oh, and then you have this audio soundbite seven from Joe Biden. This was yesterday. This was what he said yesterday during the uh, red speech part two. We want Americans to vote. We want every American's voice to be heard. Now we have to move the process forward. We know that more and more ballots are cast in early voting or by mail in America. We know that many states don't start counting those ballots until after the polls close on November 8th. That means in some cases we won't know the winner of the election for a few days until after a few days after the election. No, no, no. They don't. No, no, no. This is the United States of America. We should all be voting on the same day and we should have the election results that night, except nothing less. It is inexcusable unless there's a runoff rule and someone didn't make it that make the cut. Usually it's up to you got to have 50 percent and they didn't make the cut. Then that's the only exception. But no, we ain't doing this. You're not going to be setting this up. Not. No, that's we're not doing this. We we pay taxes. I pay a an epic crap ton in taxes and i want a return on my investment i want a, 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 an election whose in which the integrity of which is protected yeah there's it's only and as kane noted it's only been recently kane as you said that it's been taken days days for an election yeah we have more technology involved we've got more bodies involved actual people involved in the election process yet somehow it's now taking days Mm -hmm. Uh, it makes no sense no it doesn't either it doesn't so i i reject that we have more on the way we've got headlines coming up uh my friend carol roth is going to be joining us as well at the bottom of the hour because the fed oh man she went off also (laughs) i really wish i could read her tweets this is why we're friends by the way um she uh, lost her mind, and I'm sure there was a hair flip involved somewhere on someone who, uh, when they were, when Biden was talking about how he's demanding oil and gas companies, you know, invest and do this. Like, who ruined that whole? And who was the one who said they were going to kill their industry? And now, all of the news you would probably miss. It's time for Dana's Quick Five, brought to you by Caltech. So Don Lemon's new show, CNN This Morning, did not do very well at all in its debut. It was described by New York Post as bombs. Uh, it, uh, yeah, they said Morning Joe, well, Morning, Morning Joe only has 793,000 viewers. We have 10 million people who listen to this radio program daily. That's what our audience was measured at. And that was in Talkers Magazine, too. That, that, that thing, they only have 793,000. Fox and Friends had 1.5 million. And they said that, yeah, CNN this morning did not, it was like under 387, maybe 387,000, they said, but it only got in the coveted 25 to 54 demo, 71,000. That's really rough. They're having some time, a bad time. So it came out that Kim Kardashian was mad because she could not get into the Marilyn Monroe dress over sizing fears. And apparently, I don't know if you read all the reports about it, it came back damaged. And there were some of the rhinestones that were off and there was a little tear and she couldn't even zip it in the back. So that's why she had the fur. 
and she was mad and she had demanded access to it after they said it's not gonna it wouldn't go up over her hips and the re- and, and they tried to get her to wear a replica and she demanded the original i cannot roll my eyes hard enough uh powerball climbs to a staggering 1.5 billion after no one won last night's draw oh, my husband will not he refuses to get a ticket he says it's the tax on stupidity he will not do it. When it's at $1.5 billion, even with that attitude, I'm still buying a ticket. Yeah, I'm like, yeah, I, I exactly. I agree with you. I, I just, I feel like, you know, just like your dance. Like, would you could say that if you won it? You probably wouldn't. So, I don't know. Uh, let's see. The, oh, NBC had this story where they said Amazon's doorbell, their ring doorbell camera obsession highlights the scourge of mass surveillance. Putting cheap interconnected surveillance cameras on everything. They said it makes everyone less safe. Does it though? I mean, does does it? I don't know. I just, I mean, I do think that there's a surveillance aspect that I do find creepy. But at the same time, mm. uh, this new survey, they say one in five deaths, one in five deaths of U.S. adults 20 to 49 is from excessive drinking, according to a new study. Have you looked at some of the headlines? Uh, they said it was published in JMA. Instead of beer, glass of wine or cocktail, it might be common, so you don't consider about pouring another. But I think there's a difference between like having a glass of wine and then excessive alcohol use. I don't really feel like that that's emphasized enough in this. I mean, you're talking about people who are like drinking themselves legit to death. There's there's a big difference here. Come on. And last but not least, housing costs are soaring. Co-living is making a comeback. Elderly are getting roommates. Dorms for adults is happening. Stay with us. Carol Roth joins us next. Want a behind-the-scenes look at The Dana Show? Subscribe to Dana's Chapter and Verse newsletter for a deeper dive in all things Dana at danalash.com. At some point, as I've said in the last two press conferences, uh, it will become appropriate to slow the pace of increases as we approach the level of interest rates that will be sufficiently restrictive to bring inflation down to our 2% goal. There is significant uncertainty around that level of interest rates. Even so, we still have some ways to go. And incoming data since our last meeting suggests that the ultimate level of interest rates will be higher than previously expected. None of this is good. None of this is good. Yay, Biden did that. Welcome back to the program. Dana Lash here, your lovable little curmudgeon who is not at all happy about any of this. And this is one of the reasons why I think also, too, that Biden gave his uh, red speech part two last night because of this, because this is the big news yesterday announced and today. And that was federal chairman Jerome Powell joining us right now. The lovely, the beautiful Carol Roth, a recovering investment banker, entrepreneur. You see her on television. She's a New York Times bestselling author. Her latest book, The War on Small Business. You should go and get it. And she joins us now. I have to say, Carol, first off, before we even jump into this, I saw one of your tweets this morning. This is why we're friends. I can't read it on air, uh, but you were (laughs) responding to someone who was going, who was essentially criticizing your response to Biden on energy and taxing oil and gas. And and well, it was a very nice response. You were saying, you know, they 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 ruined the market, Einstein, but not in that way. It's so good to see you. Welcome. Yes, yeah, nice to see you. I have to compliment your um, your big hair today. Really it's, loving it. It was the big '80s barrel today. It was the big I '80s like barrel iron. Thank you. I appreciate that. Thank you. So oh. I I wanted to get your reaction to this. Jerome Powell 
Uh, we knew this was coming. This came out yesterday. I think this is partly why Biden chose to do his primetime address last night. Didn't say anything at all in his speech about inflation. Nothing about this. This is this is what people are concerned about. And this is just this is horrible news, especially going into the holidays, going into the next year. Forecasts for business. What are your what are your thoughts about this? Oh, good old Jerome being Jerome. You know, he did a little fakie to the market. The market thought that he was going to pivot. They were going to change their tenor and say, well, yeah, you know, we're we're going to wait for this to work its way through the economy and maybe we'll take a pause or maybe we'll, we'll keep the terminal rate as is and do smaller chunks. And he's like, nope, we're just going to barrel on through. We're just going to play this game of chicken and hope we don't get caught. Um, And it's a really scary proposition because what it means is that he is willing to sacrifice not only our domestic economy, which means the jobs of average Americans and small businesses to fight the inflation that, by the way, he had a big hand in creating. So, you know, the arsonist is going to help you rebuild your house. Um, but he's not not only willing to do that on a domestic front, but also on an international front. This has severe implications as the interest rates go up, the dollar strengthens, which exports inflation to all these other countries around the world. It could create currency crises. It could, could create illiquidity in our treasury markets, which we were already starting to see. And so, you know, there are all these implications that it's hard to say they're not being thought through. It it makes me feel, and I I said I was kind of going to wait to see what he said on this one. It makes me feel like we're weaponizing the dollar that they're trying to get to Russia and to China and sacrificing Europe in the process, that they're trying to blow up the global economy so we can get a financial reset and maybe they can usher in their central bank digital currencies. Like There's something else going on here that the willingness to continue to push with people who, even though they've done stupid things, are not fundamentally stupid. Um, just, it, you know, it, it, it doesn't sit well with me, unfortunately. Yeah, we're talking with our friend Carol Roth. Uh, her book is The War on Small Business. You know, you were mentioning, too, uh, I, I was looking at, I saw a couple of pieces just exporting this to other, other countries. In Britain, they are looking at uh, seeing kind of what we're seeing here with housing and mortgage rates. They're looking at a crisis. I had a headline just in my last headline segment, how the cost of living, uh, uh, mortgage rates, uh, rent, everything else so expensive. People are now redefining how to live. The elderly are getting roommates. I mean, it's basically we're having Golden Girls episodes everywhere. Uh, I mean, and it's not just that demo. It's, you know, younger, young adults are having a a, a major, majorly difficult time trying to get out of the nest and buy their first house because that's how people would, you know, generate wealth. They would go and they'd, they'd buy property, they'd buy their house, they'd work hard, they'd go from there. This even puts that, this kicks that further away. Yes, this is the you will own nothing instead of owning the American dream. You now get to rent the American dream. And just like we've imported from technology, um, your life becomes a subscription service. Mm -hmm. And this is not how we recreate wealth. Um, And there's, you know, it's coming at it from both the fiscal and the monetary policy side. On the fiscal policy side, we have underbuilt homes. Um, we have almost you know, 90 some odd thousand, I think it's $94,000 in regulations that go into the cost of a new home. Oh, so if we removed barriers and made it easier for more supply to get into the market, 
it would bring down the cost of homes. And even though those mortgage prices would be up, there would still be some level of affordability, but we've got that tight supply as well as this, this increasing mortgage rates. And it's adding hundreds of thousands of dollars potentially if the rates were to stay at that level and you didn't refinance over a 30 year mortgage to the cost of a you know, $400,000 house in America. So this really is an issue that obviously flows back through um, the rental market. And there is going to be a floor on prices because we just don't have enough homes. We have a lot of um, buyers that are institutional that by the way, did not exist before the great recession financial crisis. This is an entirely new market that came around in the last 12 years where you have big institutions going up and competing with you for the American dream. So they're just gonna wait for the housing prices to fall to a certain level that they're a good enough bargain and they will be swooping in there with their cash not having to to look at the homes, not having to make any you know, you know special requests and making it quote unquote easy to sell to them. And this is the way that they're taking our individual wealth from us. Gosh, that's it's a ter- it's terrifying. Uh, Carol Roth is joining us right now. We're talking with her. She joins us via Skype. Last question for you, Carol, because we got so we have elections Tuesday, and I realize this is not going to be anything. Even best case scenario, say we walk away, you know, it's Senate's, you know, we got fifty two, fifty three, and we end up. I mean, I'm not really worried about the house, the power of the purse. But, you know, by the time that uh, those new elected officials are seated and everything kicks off, it's going to be after the holidays. We're looking at, you know, mid-January, late January. That's There's a lot of damage that can be done monetarily from now until then. What is the first thing that you would tell all of these incoming elected officials, predominantly Republicans, what do they got to do to get a handle on this, to, to give voters some some relief? So I think given, I mean, if it were a different scenario and Biden was amenable to shifting, it would certainly be energy policy. It would be creating some certainty so that these energy companies could create investments. I don't think that's likely to happen. So you have to switch to the budget. We have to stop this overspending because not only are we at an untenable amount of debt, this 31 trillion, but the rates of the debt are going through the roof with these increases by the Fed and the Fed funds rate, it all flows through. The last time I checked, our debt was priced at somewhere around like 1.4, 1. 1.5, 1. maybe 1.6%. And it had a five to six year term. So that means, you know, 20-ish percent is turning over every year, plus whatever it is that we're adding on top of that. And now that's all coming at these higher rates. If you have, you know, another percentage increase in the overall cost of $31 trillion in debt, that's another $300 billion. And then for every percent, you know, three t- three times that, that's almost another trillion. We're going to crowd out any other new spending by paying for stuff that we quote unquote already bought. It is an epic, epic issue. They have to basically tamp down on it. And by the way, they only have to go back to the levels of spending of 2018 or 2019. Which just were still to, pretty to, bad, but they only got to go yeah, that far bad, back. But at that point, we would we would be running, if it was a 2018, we'd be running a surplus at this point. So, wow. you know, it's, it's just taking it, dialing it back a little bit um, to give us some breathing room because that is, in my opinion, the foundation of all of this. Massive debt loads and power at, are at odds, and that's why I'm worried about this this global financial reset. Oh boy, and it is something definitely to be very incredibly concerned about. Man, I'm going to be even though I know it's all you know it, it looks good. At the same time, anything can happen. 
between now and Tuesday. So I'm just, Carol Roth, we appreciate you making some sense out of this. Thank you so much. Good to see you. Her book, make sure you go out and get it, folks. It is The War on Small Business. You can bits at HarperCollins, buy it where books are sold, and uh, follow her on Twitter, Carol J.S. Roth, because it's worth it. It's a good follow. Carol, so good to see you. Thank you so much. You as well, my friend. See you soon. You too. We have more to come, folks, as we wrap up this, our third hour. And that is terrifying. And especially when you think about it, too, just think about how much of our money is going to be tied up when everything for in terms of foreign policy is so kind of unstable right now it would be the worst time for anything to happen i saw a new story that said uh, republicans are starting to sour on the ongoing war in ukraine because of the unaccountability with regards to spending so interesting listen to the dana show live on the odyssey app weekdays noon to 3 p.m eastern time There's an alarming rise in the number of our people in this country condoning political violence or simply remaining silence because silence is complicity. The disturbing rise of voter. Wow. What? That's just, you know, I haven't heard him say anything. Welcome back to the program. Dana Lash with you. I have not heard him say anything about uh, Don Bolduc. Bolduc? Is that how you say his name? His campaign? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because he, they tried to assault him while he was walking into a, a debate, apparently, last night. This was after Biden's speech. I didn't, didn't hear that. Um, didn't hear him say anything on that. I didn't hear him say anything about the death threat that was sent to Darren Bailey, Illinois State Police. They said that a man named Scott Lennox, who should be publicly shamed, left Republican Darren Bailey a voicemail threatening to, quote, mutilate and kill him, and it targeted his kids, too. This is last night. I haven't heard Biden say, I haven't even heard Biden say anything about the man who had a gun and zip ties. He had zip ties. I know that's a huge thing with the left, zip ties. And he tried to assassinate Supreme Court Justice Brett Kavanaugh. Biden has never said anything about that. Has he at least said anything about Steve Scalise or what about Rand Paul? I know Nancy Pelosi's daughter said something about Rand Paul when he was attacked. In fact, she cheered on the man who almost killed him. He beat him to the point where he had, I think, what, internal bleeding? He was in the hospital. Punctured lung. Punctured lung. He got an infection after. He put Rand Paul in the hospital. And Nancy Pelosi's daughter on Twitter and receipts are forever was cheering him on. So who is he talking about exactly, Joe Biden, with that soundbite just then? Because it doesn't sound like anybody I know. And you have the situation with Carrie Lake. I don't know if you saw this. She, was, she handled this masterfully. She was asked uh, by a reporter about this story. The mother, her name is Cindy Sicknick. She's the mother of Brian Sicknick. He's the officer who had health issues uh, later after uh, the riot that was in D.C. from some people who left the rally. And the, I mean, he had, he died of natural causes. The coroner concluded that he died of natural causes. And the mother blamed Carrie, people like Carrie Lake for some reason. 
Now, it's sad when a parent loses a child, but that does not give you the excuse to add further injury, particularly when it's toward people who had nothing to do with how her her son, an officer, passed away. I mean, they, he, I mean, this was, it was after, it was not at, there was nothing, everyone keeps saying that he was like killed at the rally, I've heard, or the riot, I've heard people in media say this, and that's false. It did not happen. Apparently, there were issues there already. And they said it was of complete, it was natural causes. He's 42 years old. The autopsy, according to the Hill, they found no evidence at all that he had any kind of allergic reaction, any chemical irritants or anything like that. There was no no internal external injuries that was in the Washington Post. And that was from the medical examiner. It was natural causes. So I just think it's really um, I, I, I understand that people grieve differently, but that doesn't give you that doesn't justify or excuse that. It doesn't. And I thought Carrie Lake handled that very well when she was asked by a, a reporter asked to that question. Okay, today in stupidity, Kane. All right, uh, Hillary Clinton is out there. And by the way, you know how desperate Democrats are rolling into this midterm when you see Obama out there, you see oh, Bill man, Clinton yeah. out there, you see Hillary Clinton out there talking. She's trying to push the lie that states with the highest crime levels are actually run by Republicans, which we is factually untrue. Yeah. So it's, it's not true. Let's hear, let's hear what she says. I want people to be safe. That's not the Republicans' argument, because, of course, if you look at real crime statistics, which they're not interested in examining, uh, the states with the highest crime levels are states run by Republicans. That's just a a fact. Remember, it was the Manhattan Institute report which discovered that it was actually blue-administered cities, historically Democrat-run cities, that drove the crime rate. And when you excluded those, the crime rate of those blue cities from the overall state's totals, the states plummeted uh, precipitously, dramatically, ridiculously so. So not only is she stupid, she thinks everyone else is stupid. Yeah, there you go. Folks, that does it for us tonight. I'll be back with you. We'll all be here tomorrow, Friday, to kick your weekend off. Have a great evening. We'll be back with you. back with you then. God bless.